0: The more difficulty that's happening here in an earthly sense and we see it in the New Testament, the more glory God gets as he allows these things to happen. You know, us, us adding over 30 members during the pandemic, purchasing a new building during the pandemic, um, baptizing, you know, I don't even remember how many people, eight or nine people, you know, during the pandemic. I think that glorifies God more um, when people can push through whatever is existing here on earth, um, you know, for for the greater good of the kingdom. You're
1: listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Send City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips.
2: Welcome back to the Send Columbus podcast. It's great to be with you guys today. My name is Chad Grigsby. And I'm the Send City Missionary here in Columbus for the North America Mission Board. And I have with me my co-host, Jason Phillips. How's it going, Jason? It's going well. What's up, y'all? And we have with us a very special guest. Uh, very, very, very special. Yeah. Very special <laughs> guest. We uh, we were down uh, at the bridge this past Sunday with our but, buddy, bud, our buddy <laughs> Scott Gibson. How are you doing,
1: Scott?
0: Hey, good morning, guys.
1: Well, our first question is really the most, probably the most important question that want we'll to, ask you, yeah, is how do you pronounce the name of your city? Um,
0: Lancaster.
1: So not
0: Lancaster. That is correct. Not Lancaster. Are
1: there any other egregious uh, mispronunciations of your city or is Lancaster like the only one?
0: No, I think it's Lancaster is the big one. Lancaster versus <laughs> Lancaster.
1: Got it. Got it. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself to start and a little bit about your church plant.
0: Okay. Well, um, my name is Scott Gibson. Um, I'm married. I got a bunch of kids, um, age range from 25 to three years old, and um, I believe that in itself um, qualifies me to be a church planter. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, and it also makes for a, a, a fairly decent sized church planting team.
2: <laughs> yeah. Great core um, team. Right,
0: right off the bat. Um, no, I've got, got an amazing wife. Um, and, and so important, so supportive, um, of the mission, what we do. And, um, and I do, I mean, all of our kids participate, um, uh, you know, and, um, it's just, uh, it's a really great thing to have, you know, a family that's so involved and so into it. And so, um, yeah. So we have a church called the bridge in Lancaster, Ohio. Um, we'll be here two years, um, at this location, um, this coming Easter. And right now we are excitedly, um, preparing to buy a permanent location for our church. It's about three times the size of our, our current meeting space. And so, um, approved by the bank and all that good stuff right now, just in the process of raising some funds. So we're, we're super excited about what that's going to mean for us and the, um, uh, opportunity for us to grow and to be able to do even more than what we're doing now.
2: Yeah, man. That's, a, that's really exciting for you guys to get your own space, make it your own yeah. kind of a permanent location. And yeah. uh, one of the benefits is you actually would pay less on your monthly payment owning your own facility, which is really uh, exciting.
0: It's yeah. Awesome. And, and so right now, you know, we can seat around a little over a hundred people. Um, and there we will be able to seat somewhere around 275. So it's gonna, um, like I said, it's gonna really, really give us the space and yeah. lots of kids rooms, lots of classrooms, lots of, lots of everything. So we're, we're super pumped about that. Yeah.
2: Well, Scott, one of the reasons why we thought it'd be great to have you on the podcast uh, today is because of the way that you and the bridge responded to uh, the whole coronavirus and, and okay. how you guys adjusted and, and and you guys really handled it, I think, about as about as well as anybody that I've seen uh, or heard of. So tell us a little bit about how you initially responded when it kind of uh, came down back in, in March of 2020.
0: So one of the things that happened, I'm, I'm just gonna give you a little bit of a segue. Um, so one of the things that happened um, with us is each year we do kind of a spiritual growth campaign. It kind of brings the church together and, and you know brings some unity. And we had just come out of a season of that um, um, in, a, in a growth campaign through prayer. From there, we went into uh, a week of revival. And so um, we had had, who you know, um, Caleb York's dad, um, Kent York come down, he does revival for us each year and um, you know, we'd, we'd have people get saved, people get baptized, um, a lot, a lot of momentum. You know what I mean, happening at that point. And then we we went right into a compassion weekend um, where Internet, Compassion International comes in and they set up. So everybody was just on a on a really, really big spiritual high. You know what I mean? We were we were on the mountaintop. Um, we had been together, and so even when the the shutdown came, and I understanding he didn't really shut down churches, but had asked churches you know, to try and, and help to stop, you know, the spread and, and um, not be a part of the problem. Um, we had church for one more weekend, and then we went um, from inside to an outside drive-in service. And I mean, the big thing, we, we weren't really sure, you know, how people were gonna respond to that. I mean, there was a lot of um, mixed feelings. I mean, it's something that I had done a long, long time ago um, in a church, um, I was the assistant pastor and it kind of worked in that environment. We're thinking, Hey, you know, these are, we're going from meeting inside of our building, um, having everything. And, you know, a lot of times people think that, you know, your technology and all that stuff, man, if we don't have all this special stuff and the lights and the mirrors and the smoke and all this other stuff that people just aren't going to respond. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. as apprehensive as we were about doing it, I mean, we, we really just went after it and, it ended up being amazing. I mean, people showed up um, in droves. I mean, we had more people get saved. We were baptizing people outside, um, you know, on on the main street. If you guys know the location, lots of traffic. Um, we had people become members who had not even been able to be inside of the building, wow. um, had not even had not even met any of the people um, that went to church here, and, and so people were just sitting in their car, um, listening through our transmitter and it just worked. I mean, I I mean, that's all I can say. I mean, God was just all over it. Um, and for a while, we were kind of the only church in town doing it. There was one other church. Um, there was a church called Good Shepherd that started doing it about a month after. And some people did it, you know, like Easter and special events and stuff, Mm -hmm. but, um, nobody around here consistently just did it every week. And it was, it was just awesome. Um, and you know, my, my friend and mentor, um, Frank Carl, he's still doing um, outside services right now um, at his church, and so yeah. Now Scott, just, Frank gets up
2: in a big lift and is like, oh, yeah. forty <laughs> feet in the air." And yeah. there's like a a ropes. No, I'm just kidding. It's, but have you have you thought about getting up in a lift and doing doing your drive-in
1: stuff? Have you thought? Um, about I haven't really. No. <laughs> I about that. Okay. Well, it's fun. We were just down there this past weekend, and there's still people that are in their cars right at your service. Oh no, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So. So what we did was as things kind of scaled back, we went to one inside, one outside. And then I think it was around May where things kind of eased up and then we came back inside. But um, one of the things that that I was like, hey, um, are you guys interested in those who don't want to come back inside? I mean, we're not going to be outside, but are you guys interested in sitting in the parking lot and listening? and so right now we average between 20 to 30 people still sitting in the parking lot now we're not out there um but they're just listening to the service through our transmitter um and so they're out there every week there's been people that have been out there for the last eight months
1: yeah it was really fun colt who is someone you're like discipling and mentoring he did the announcements and he was he at one point he was like is anyone outside and then they they honked their horns it was
0: really oh yeah really cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was awesome yeah so, and we even someone someone outside won one of the gift cards you know that jack helton brought down so i mean um you know i think for some people you know they're just not comfortable and so we just kind of want to make a some type of avenue um you know for them to still participate and of course there's someone that goes out and greets them and you know hands them a worship guide and um you know collects offering and you know just kind of keeps them still plugged in um when we voted to purchase the new building i mean we um, you know, had members that stayed outside that we just, you know, had them fill out a ballot. We text them photos of uh the building. Mm. And so, you know, technology is 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 amazing. And, and I think, you know, without without all of that, you know, gelling together, um, it wouldn't have looked like it did for us. And so we're just really thankful, you know, that God showed up and and um, you know, just rewarded um, if nothing else, our diligence. You know, what I mean, I'm just trying to continue to have a place to meet together and um, you know, not not forsake that. Yeah. So Scott. So know. It, it
2: sounds like to me that you created a new pastoral position at your church, like pastor of the parking lot or parking <laughs> yeah. lot pastor, or yeah, double, like the guy who, P. yeah, the guy who like shepherds people in the parking lot. That's it's pretty. That's inventive, man. It's innovative.
0: No, it. Like I said, um, it <laughs> works, and a lot of times it, I think even for people who are visiting, I mean, we've had a few folks. I don't think they were out there because necessarily, uh, of COVID or, you know, but they were out there just to kind of get a vibe Mm -hmm. about what we were doing. And so the next week, you know, they'll come inside and, and, um, I don't know. It's cool. It's not a magic pill. It just worked in our context. And, and we, we understand that not every context is the same. So
1: sure. Yeah. So we know you guys didn't stop meeting, but we also know you guys engage your community in really cool and missional ways. So can you share a little bit about the things that you did and kind of how those things came to fruition?
0: Yeah. So one of the things we, we didn't stop any type of ministry. Um, I mean, we, you know, we kind of discontinued Bible studies for a little while and things like that, but like all of our, um, so we, so we have some main ministries we engage in and, um, the first obviously, um, is our orphan and foster care. And so we do a lot with, um, with orphan and foster care through a company called care portal. And they basically relay needs to us, um, to people. And so the, one of the things that, you know, even though COVID happened, people still need things. You know what I mean? Um, foster kids need beds. They need, um, you know, clothes, they need strollers, they need, you know, whatever that may be. And so we wanted to really, really try to make sure that we weren't stopping anything because needs weren't stopping. And so um, we continue to minister to them. We continue to work with, um, you know, we have probably about a half dozen or more women that volunteer and are, um, very active in local pregnancy centers. Um, uh, Our ministry with the Refuge, which is an opioid addiction um, program down here, and we continued providing them with the things they need. And so that was the big thing with us, is just not stopping. And then, having the opportunity here a while back, as you guys know to work with um, the farmers for families mm-hmm. um, and be able to distribute meals to the community. Uh, and just, you know, just to give hope, like I said, we were able to hand out over a month period, um, you know, 4,200 ish, um, you know, boxes of food to the community. And so, and once again, engaging with people, praying with people, um, you know, just trying to be relational and understanding that in this time where we're most people are not able to be in contact with anyone trying to maintain, you know what I mean? Some kind of contact and doing it in a way where we're, you know, trying to provide, you know, physical and spiritual needs um, at the same time. So,
2: yeah, Scott, I loved how, I think I actually called you and said, Hey, there's this group. They want to send food. You know, are you guys interested in this? And it's funny because there were some of our church plants who I think it it felt overwhelming because it was like a tractor trailer full of food. You had to have like a... uh, you know a forklift and some other things to like get this food off and then it's refrigerated so it's got a shelf life yeah and, and so it was intimidating i mean i if i would have been a church planter i'd have been like no way we do this and scott's like yes i want it and i want to do it for the next five weeks send me a <laughs> truck to lancaster i will get food to people and dude i just love that about you that you're like you see opportunities and you run out at full speed and you don't know how you're going to do it like there's like not uh, necessarily a concrete plan, but you're like, we're going to do this and bless our community. And you did it.
0: Well, I think one of the things we've learned and, and, and so I think it's so important for, um, there's a, there's a saying that, that I learned a long time ago. And and some of you guys know, I sold cars for years. And and one of my managers would always say the speed of the leader, speed of the team. And so we just kind of have this, it's a joke with my people, that um you just kind of like have to have your seatbelt on around here (laughs) because and i'm not and i'm not saying this i mean believe me i'm not but i mean god has just shown us through the years that i look at it like this if 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 i have the opportunity to feed you know thousands of people and we're a church and we're engaging in the mission how would God not provide for that? And so, you know, taking the first step and saying, Hey, yes. And then, you know, thinking through once again, <laughs> who God has brought us. So I've got a guy who is a contractor who has a skid loader. And so he showed up out here every Sunday morning meets the semi out here. And he had that stuff literally unloaded and on the ground in like 45 minutes.
2: Unbelievable.
0: And so, and our folks are like, then we have another guy who's a truck driver. So he's got the, Um, you know, he's got the hand truck. We need to move stuff around. And so it's just, I think that to, to miss an opportunity, it would be like, why would God not want us to feed the community?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then not to be so super spiritual here, but, and then not to believe that God would provide what we would need to pull that off. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of how we think through things here. It's like, you know, um, Hey, here's a building over here for sale. You know, is that God? Well, I don't know. Let's go take a look at it. And then we go take a look at it. And then, you know, the bank approves us. I mean, the last loan we got a few years ago was for $60,000 and we're trying to get almost 10 times that amount. Right. And so, but I think that as we have kind of done stuff that has taken a lot of faith, um, as a church, everybody's just kind of on the same page. And so they just know if it's ministry, Um, we're going to do it. And then the expectation is for, you know, I had 30, 40 people show up every weekend um, outside to do it. And sometimes it took two hours to give the food away and sometimes four. Um, But people just, just show up um, because it's just what we're accustomed to. It's just that it's a, it's a mindset that we built that uh, nothing is more important than the ministry. I mean, Sunday morning is great and all that. We love that. But um, if it's not translating into an actual action point where we're bringing the gospel to life, then there's, there's no, there's nothing behind it. It's just talk. So.
1: I love that. I love that you are putting your church in a position where they have to have faith. They have to rely on the Lord and you're, you're placing them in a position where they have to do that. I think that's awesome.
0: Yep. And, and, and once, and once they start to experience that, they expect big things. Mm -hmm. I mean, like our church has an expectation of big things and we voted, you know, to buy this new building and everybody's like, yeah, I mean, we, it was unanimous. Like not one person said, no, not because of of trust in me per se, but because they've watched God just continue to accomplish these things that they personally would not have thought possible. Right. Um, that they maybe on their own, wouldn't have stepped out and done, but as a congregation or as a group of people, You know, we've, we've given God a lot of room, um, you know, to work through us. And so, um, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting to watch people, um, at times. And some of them are even more sure about stuff than I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't know if that makes sense. You know, um, you know, they're walking up to me going, this building's in the bag, it's in the bag. And I'm like, well, we got to get approved first. You know what I mean? And they're just like, whatever, You (laughs) you know, They, they just, they don't even care because they just have that mindset that they really believe in what God is doing. And I think, and I think that's so important as it relates to, you know, and not about trying to be provocative, but if tomorrow comes, I get hit by a car or something happens to me, that this isn't about me, that they have a vision of their own. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like this church has its own identity, its own vision. And so it would be more so whoever would come in here and pastor this is going to have to coincide with that because these guys are, you know, they're, they're so plugged into it. And we continue to do that when somebody comes in here as a member, I mean, it's just so important for them. Um, yeah, of course to be saved and baptized and all that, but to subscribe to what's important to us as a body, um, as an individual body of believers. So
1: Yeah. So you shared a little bit about this, but can you share just a little bit about some of the things like the fruit that you guys have seen and whether it be your personal life or in the life of your church, just kind of as a result of this COVID season and sort of this missional stuff that you guys were
0: engaged in. Um, I mean, one, the one thing I think that, that, that we have learned as a church so much is that, that this year is taught is that there is so much of a, um, and, and, and I'll explain this, but there's such a disconnection between our temporal life, right. And our spiritual life. And, and sometimes, um, I mean, just for example, I mean, this year God as a church and spiritually has blessed us beyond belief. That being said, we've had, and not related to the virus, but we've had people lose their parents. Um, my, I lost my father-in-law who was, um, you know, a huge, huge part of what we do here, you know, and um, so we've experienced a lot of, um, you know, challenging things, you know, in in in, in, our, in the physical world. But as that has happened, the our mission as a church and and the kingdom has just grown, you know, exponentially. And and I think that's the that's the big thing is we've worked through this this pandemic and navigated through all the uncertainty you know, the kingdom of God just keeps moving forward. You know, people are still getting saved. People are still getting baptized. You know, we're having people join the church that wanna be, you know, church planting apprentices. We're ha- you know, it's just, I don't know. It, it is, it's just this thing that I've, this year just saw how, how even though things can be out of balance, that God is just there and just, you know, once again, he's above all that. I don't know if that makes sense, but I mean, yeah. he's above, yeah. he's above sickness and death and poverty and joblessness and pandemics and um, he's just above it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and as long as we continue to engage in this and I, I mean, I guess the main thing is, is that the more difficulty that's happening here in an earthly sense, and we see it in the new Testament, the more glory God gets as he, allows these things to happen. You know, us, us adding over 30 members during the pandemic, purchasing a new building during the pandemic, um, baptizing, you know, I don't even remember how many people, eight or nine people, you know, during the pandemic, I think that glorifies God more, mm-hmm. um, when people can push through whatever is existing here on earth, um, you know, for, for the greater good of the kingdom. And it just, it teaches us to kind of live above that, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Where the the Bible says, you know, we're seated in the heavenly realms. You can kind of start to experience that because, and even a lot, you know, all the other plants and things that we have in Columbus, people that just have just done amazing things through this. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. I just think it's an opportunity for us to, to have our faith increased, to have God's glory amplified. and, And we just have to kind of be on board with it, man, and just ride it out.
2: Yeah, man. And listen, I know you probably, um, you, you wouldn't want me to say this, but you know, God's been faithful and he's doing his thing, but man, you have, you've worked really hard and you have really sown a lot of seeds out there. And I think a lot of the fruit, um, that God is bringing about is because you just been super faithful. I, I go back to that. I shared it on Sunday. Jason's going to be tired of me saying this cause I say it all the time, but I just think about this season in the parable of the talents and that in this challenge, some people buried their talent, uh, just put what God given them in the ground and they haven't seen any fruitfulness. But, but those uh, uh, planters like you, who, who are like, man, let's go forward. God is multiplying that. And, uh, and I, I just think it's a powerful testimony to, to what God can do when we just move forward, even in the midst of challenges and difficulties.
0: No, I, I agree. I mean, there's a there's a picture um, I saw on Facebook. I may have mentioned it on Sunday, and it was one, one of these companies made this picture, and it says, you know, we do what we can, and God does what we can't. Mm, that's good. And so, you know what I mean. And so, as long as I, – I wish I'd made that up, but I didn't. But, <laughs> but I mean, it go, but it goes along with that, right? I mean, as we we just. You know, God's given us this space here in Lancaster. God's given us these people around us, this ministry or whatever. This is our context. You know, what we're doing down here may not work uh, in Columbus. It may not work in Cleveland. It may not work other places. But God put us here in this context. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, as long as we are doing as much as we can, not being comparative, not trying to be better than anyone, but just being our best, I think God's going to show up and bless that every time without a doubt.
1: So what is one piece of advice maybe that you'd give church plants who want to reach and serve their community?
0: Man, I, I would say just don't reinvent the wheel. Um, don't try to create what's already there. Um, just co- be complimentary to that. You know what I mean? Um, don't try to create organizations. Um, just partner with people. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody that we, every ministry we do is a partnership And I know, I mean, Aaron Taylor is kind of, you know, involved in a lot of these things and there's some other guys, but partnering with people who are already doing stuff is the best way to do it. Because a lot of times, especially for a new plant, you don't have a lot of resources. Right. And so maybe what you can give is just your back, your arms, a truck to help move things. I mean, whatever. So I would just say, don't reinvent the wheel. Find out where God is already working. You know, don't, don't be a food pantry because that's just what people do. Mm -hmm. If that's your specific need, do that. But if it's not your specific need, don't do that. You know, help, help other people who are doing it. Um, and, and, and the second thing is don't just do things because it's what other people have done. Mm-hmm. Um, don't try to replicate or just duplicate other people's success or ministries because that may not necessarily be, you know, who God wants you to be. Um, you know, like I said, find out where God is working um, through relational connections, find out what the needs are in your community and just come alongside of those, take opportunities. Uh, I know there's a couple people that have really been able to plug in, um, major relationships with their school systems during this time. Um, you know, where's God at, where's the need and just join him doing that. I think that's the best thing.
2: Scott, man, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on today and sharing just your story and what God's been doing through you. Um, uh, we love you and just are so thankful for what God's doing through you and the bridge.
0: We love you all too. And we couldn't do it without your support. Um, it means so much to us to be a part of um, something that's so much bigger than than we are, um, you know, just as a singular church. And so it means a lot to us, which is why we had everybody down this weekend. Um, it means so much to us to have you guys um, behind us, supporting us, you know, lifting us up in prayer. So we love you all too. And we're so thankful.
2: Thanks man. Well, blessings to you.
0: We'll talk yep. to you soon. Have a great day, guys.
1: Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.